preacher talked and he was using words that you didn't understand, but he sounded intelligent. Anybody ever been there before? I've been there. It doesn't do you any good. See, information is just information if you can't understand it. So God knows that he has to make it real simple for me. And so this is kind of what God's been sharing with me. That God has the ability and the desire to do things in my life that I've been dreaming about, but God's been waiting on one simple thing for me, and it's called permission. Hello? How many of you in here know that sometimes we're asking God to do something, but when we give Him permission, that also means that we relinquish control. Any of y'all in here control freaks like me? Anybody? Heck, we go to the grocery store. My wife won't take me. You know why? Because I'm like, no, we can't go down that aisle because I know what's going to happen down that aisle. We're going to buy this and we're going to buy that. We don't need none of it. And those little oranges, they're going to rot right there in that deal. And you swore you would eat them like that. And she goes, shut up and let me shop. How many of you guys know that we do the same thing with God in our life? We're like, oh, God, I want to go to the store because there's all these new stuff. And God's like, well, when will you give me permission to start putting things in your basket? There's some things that God wants to put in your basket tonight, but you're going to have to leave your old ways of shopping. Amen? The other thing that God shared with me, it's real simple, is he said, Ray, I want your level of expectation to begin to meet my level of ability. I'm going to say it one more time because... Some of y'all need to be proud that God would even share that with me. I need for you to let your level of expectation begin to meet my level of ability. Do you know how many of us walk in with these little bitty, do we serve a little bitty God? Then why in the world do we come in with little bitty expectations? I came tonight believing that some of you may have just come because it's Thursday night and you love going to open range and you're just going to have a good time and go home and talk about, oh, I can't wait till next Thursday. I'm out like a fat girl playing dodgeball on that. Do you understand? I'm way out. I've no interest whatsoever in that at all. I am interested in coming and every one of us letting God do something in us that will absolutely blow our minds. Amen? Come on. So I want you to bow your heads real quick. God has the ability, God has the desire, but God's waiting on you to give him permission. God's waiting for you to let your level of expectation meet his level of ability. What is it that you need for God to do in your life? Mm. Some of you walked in this place tonight and you got big old gaping holes in you and you've been trying to fill it with everything else in the world, with money, with things, and you can't figure out why it won't get fixed. It's because you need to give God permission to come in and do what he's been wanting to do. But it might be painful. I'm telling you right now, there's somebody in this place that it's going to be painful for God to do what he's... I mean, it's going to require you to die. You understand? You're going to have to die to what you've already known. But if you'll die to what you've always known, you can have what you've always dreamed of. What do you need? You think about it. Young and old alike, what do you need God to do in your life? Think about it. You getting it on your mind? Man, you've been given an opportunity right now. Think about it. What do you, man? Some of you, if you're in here and you got grandkids that are lost as a billy goat in a hailstorm, man, you ought to have their name right now. You ought to be going, God, I call out. 
Billy. I, I call out Tommy. And Father, for Susie, right now, I just call out, Father, that you, right now, come on, let your level of expectation meet his level of ability. And Father, in Jesus' name, we begin tonight. I am honored that you would love me enough to die for me. Because I sure ain't worth it, I don't think. Father, there's never been a day I felt worthy of that gift, but Father, there was something about me that you believed in. There's something about those that are sitting in those chairs tonight that you believed in. You believed in enough not to talk about it. You just went ahead and got on to the job of giving your life for them. So, Father, tonight I pray that we would have the courage to believe in you like you believed in us, that we'd be willing to lay down our lives so that we could have the life that you've dreamed of for us. Holy Spirit, we ask you to move in this place. I do not care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. I'm only interested that it's you, God. Satan, we remind you, you don't have any right nor authority in this house. None in Jesus' name. You are not welcome here at all. You have been served eviction notice right now. Now, Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. If you agree, would you say amen? We're going to sing one song, and I ask Skeeter to stay up and help me sing it. It's one of my favorite songs. Oh, have you ever seen a guy who actually sang this song? He looks like a redneck hillbilly from Kentucky. He's got long hair and he wears skinny jeans. Uh, his name's Crowder, but he is absolutely head over heels in love with Jesus. And I love this song. It's called How He Loves. Give me some of this, if you will, Keppel. Jealous for me, loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. Yeah, and all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. Oh, how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so. Sing it with us. How he 
She said, Daddy, you going to preach on the love of God again? And I said, more than likely, baby. She said, don't you have anything else to preach about? And I said, if you've been forgiven of everything that I've been forgiven, I said, everything that I read in this book comes back to how he loves me. You hear me? You can have all that other stuff that you want. They can teach you how to do this and do that. But I'll promise you, I learned this a long time ago. If I can ever get you to understand how much He loves you, all that other stuff will become a byproduct of it. You want to know how to be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus? Understand how He loved you. You want to know how to be prosperous? Then learn, know how He loves you. Everything comes back to understanding that you're His sons and daughters. Amen? Woo! Come on, Jesus. Come on. I want you to go with me to two places tonight. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 11. And I was fixing to make a fatal mistake and try to read that book without these. I asked my wife, I said, did my glasses make me look sexy? She said, shut up, you've got food on your face. I said, yes, dear. She knows how to make me feel great. Amen. Go with me to Matthew chapter 11. I want you to find that. Then I also want you to find, and don't worry, I'm giving you two pieces of Scripture. I don't mean we're going to be here forever. Uh, me and Dennis both understand your heart can never receive what your butt can't endure, so we ain't going to keep you too long. True, ain't it? You ever been somewhere and you just can't, you're like, man, I'd love to listen to this dude, but my honey says I need a break. You ever been there before? I mean, if y'all want to just have a 
feel-good deal. We could do that, and we could pretend none of that happened. But I promise you, I'm like, dude, get to the pot. Go with me to First Peter, and I want you to be in chapter 5. Mark those two places, Matthew chapter 11 and First Peter chapter 5. Tonight, we're going to preach a message. This will be the fifth time that I've preached this message ever in, I guess, 20 years. It is a message that most like everything else that I ever do, it comes from God giving me an example about something. Remember, I began by telling you, Taylor, that I am simple, so God has to speak to me through very simple things. So how many of you, do anybody in here remember the year 2005? Anybody? Some of y'all kind of remember? Some of you are like, yo, dude, but that was before I was smoking the hashish, all right. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> like I was in the 70s, dude. So anyway, in 2005, I drove this Dodge pickup. I remember when this sermon come about because of the pickup I drove. Because Dennis Aaron, they used to make good diesel pickups that did not require you to stop every 500 miles and put this stuff they call death in a plastic jug so that we can save our environment. God bless the EPA. So anyway, and they used to make pickups that would get 24, 25 miles to the gallon. Oh, I don't know. That sounds like a good idea to me. But anyway, we changed it. I had this pickup that has nothing to do with the sermon. But again, I never went to preaching school, so bear with me. So I was driving this 2005 pickup, and I remember that the year. And back in those days, I hauled a trailer with me because it was kind of back before digital. Skeeter, do you remember when we had to carry all kinds of sound equipment to get the sound that we're getting now out of these little deals that just plug into? Well, anyway, I had to have a trailer that carried all this sound. And I was in Talpa, Texas. And in Talpa, Texas, there's nothing there. It's dead. Everything's gone except a horse sale. And they said, Ray, would you like to come? We're having a specialty horse sale in Talpa, Texas. And we're doing it on Sunday morning, and we would like for you to be here at 7 a.m. Now, Dennis Aaron, I should have known that was the devil right there, 7 a.m. Mm-mm. There's only one 7 in my book, and it's got a p.m. after it. Come on, Jesus. So anyway, I said, yes, I would love to do that. Well, because I am Ray and who I am, I always think that if you're going to do something at 7 in the morning, Man, normal church starts at about 10 or 11. Surely I can find some place to preach about 10 or 11. I can leave and get there. Man, well, man, let's go share the gospel at two different places. So I sign up. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be in Menard because Talpa's kind of down there by Menard, Texas. None of y'all know where this is at, but it makes for a good story. She's looking at me like, what are you talking about? So I'm getting there. So anyway, I go in and I get through. And have any of you guys in here ever been running late? Raise your hand. Those are all the married men. Because <laughs> if your wife ever says, it's just going to take me about five minutes to do my makeup and my hair, liar! Amen. We'll have a divorce class later, sir. All right, praise the Lord. So anyway, I'm running late because the Lord was moving at that horse sale and I'll never forget as long as I live, I got my trailer loaded and I run around and I've gotten my pickup and i put it in drive, and I took off. And as soon as I took off, have y'all ever had something catch? I mean, you see it in the corner of your eye, and you're like, that, that can't be real, so you have to stop. I mean, are there any sick people in here like me? Like, if there's a wreck, and you don't want anybody dying, but as a cowboy, I mean, as long as they live through it, you got to watch the wreck. I mean, I'm sorry. Now, some of you, yuppie, if you're a yuppie in here, you're like, oh, I just can't believe that you take pleasure. I promise you, there's nothing like a good wreck. 
somebody getting bucked off, and there's, I mean, as long as a bone's not sticking out, it is awesome. So anyway, I look over, and I'm running late. Did I mention that I'm running late? I know some of you are going, you haven't read a scripture yet. Hang on, Margaret, I'm getting there. So all of a sudden, I take off, boom, and I look over, and when I do, I see these three little rough stock cowboys probably 16 to 18 years old. Now, I know that they're rough stock cowboys because, every, I mean, they, they've got a different look. You, you know the look. I mean, you know the look. I mean, they're different than a team roper. Team ropers are like, I like my horses broken, gentle, and I don't like to get bucked off. And those rough stock riders, they always get their toes turned out, and they're like, come on, get you some, baby. You can't buck me off. Come on. That was them three guys. And they were standing there, and they were powwowing, and one of them had a saddle. Now, I realize y'all are saying, why in the world would that cause you to stop? Because tied to the trailer was one of the biggest zebras I ever saw in my life. And this zebra had a look in his eyeball like, hey, you pretty little rough stock riders. I dare you to come put that on my back. You know what I did? Park. I said, God, if you love me, I said, if you've ever done anything for Ray Perryman in your life, I'm begging you to please let these three little rough stock cowboys try to saddle that zebra right there, right now. God, I'm begging you to let them do it. Still hadn't read any scripture, have I? Hang on. It's because i got to tell you this story first because it goes with it. Sorry, John, I know that you wanted a real theological. I got a text from John that said, listen, I'm looking to be impressed with some theology. I said, you're coming to the wrong place because we're talking about zebras. So anyway, I put it in park, and all of a sudden, I'm going to tell you something, guys. If you're in a group of three men, and there's something that you think could possibly get you killed and two of your buddies are sitting there and they're convincing you that you can do it. I mean, they're telling you, do you remember that boy in seventh grade? He was bigger than you, but you whooped him like a ragheaded doll, didn't you? Oh, you're bad to the bone. You can saddle that zebra. Two of them boys was talking to that boy holding that saddle. Y'all ever seen Rocky before? He's got that saddle and he's like, mm, yeah. And they're like, you can do it. And I'm like, God, let him do it. I know the religious people are going, we've never been to a sermon where we haven't had a scripture as of yet, and this is not protocol. Stay with me. I promise you we will get there. And so finally, they get him over there, and I mean, they're slapping him, and they're going like, you can do it. And he's like, yeah. And I see him, and I'm like, yes, he's going to do it. And guess what he did? But I've got to describe this to you because, Duke, I can still see it like it was yesterday. Here's the trailer right here, long ways. They got this zebra tied with the lead rope right here, and this zebra's facing this way. So he's going along with the trailer. He's protecting himself. Now, I want you to notice this. This zebra's got his leg like this right here. Right here. You see that right there? That's called the cocked position. Now, I am not Ray Hunt. I'm not the greatest horse trainer in the world. But me savvy when him go, I kick your head off right here. Okay? And, I, I mean, I'm looking. 
And I promise you, I don't speak fluent zebra, but I promise you, I would have swore that that zebra looked over and blew a kiss at that boy with the saddle and says, hey, sugar, come on over. And this little cowboy, I got to give him credit. Y'all ever seen Elmer Fudd before? Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbit. This little dude, you could tell he had saddled some colts in the round pen before. He had that saddle and he was like this. And his buddies are in the back. You're the man. You're going to tame that zebra. That zebra's going to call you daddy. And that zebra, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but zebras are smart. Do you understand me? Zebras live out in a frappid wild where there are mad lionesses because their husband lions are too lazy to go kill anything, so they have to go kill it. So they're mad anyway, and they're definitely wanting to kill something, and they're really good at sneaking up on something. This zebra lived there, and this little rough sock rider thinks he's going to sneak up on the zebra. And that zebra let him get just exactly in striking this. That zebra did not, Dennis Aaron, you hearing me? That zebra did not move an inch. He didn't flinch. He didn't look like, oh, I'm scared. He just stood there like, hey, come on, pretty boy, come near. And as soon as he got in firing range, I looked up, pow, he kicked this kid like I ain't never there's a saddle went flying a hat went flying a shirt was torn and this kid's laying on the ground and all of the sudden his two buddies come running up to him listen to me there's a reason for all of this bear with me and his two buddies come running up to him and they're like you alright yeah did I nearly get him dang Skippy you nearly got him come on so they get him up, his shirt's tore, his hat's tore, and they go to talking to him again. And they decide that what they have done, now listen, some of you, a little girl asked me the last time I preached this message, is that a true story or did you make that up? I promise y'all, I watched this in Talpa, Texas with T.T. running down both insides of my legs. Funniest thing I ever saw in my life. Telling you true. Okay. This ministry was sponsored by the pens after this story, I promise you. So they get him up. Now it's important that you catch this because kind of where we're headed tonight, you need to grab a hold of this. And they look at him and like, man, you almost got him. They said, here's what we did. See, we had that zebra. We let him have one side toward the trailer. Said, why don't we all three get together and two will get on one side and the other get on the other and we'll shoo him around until he sets back on that trailer and then we can get up on the side and then he won't know what to do. I said in my pickup, running late. Do y'all remember that? The second time I said, God, if you love me, I'm begging you to let these little cowboys try to saddle this zebra one more again. Guess what? 
God loved me. They did exactly that. They shoot him around this zebra's eyes. I thought it was big. Now he looks like he has a thyroid problem. His son gun's eyes are swelled up big. And he's now set back. The trailer going this way, he's set back. One fella comes over on this side and two other fellas walk on this side. I'll never forget it. He's the dang Satan you ever saw in your life. He let that one fella get over there. And all of a sudden, when that fella got just in the right position, I mean, he just went, wham! And he mauled him up and down that trailer with his butt. And when he got him on the ground, he was like... And then he wailed around and he went to pawing. One of them other boys was going to come in and was going to help his buddy because he saw him. I mean, if you see your buddy getting mauled and smashed in a trailer, your reaction is to run to him. You're not thinking about self-preservation. This little cowboy, he not think he's too good. He runs straight to that zebra. And you know what that zebra did? Whack! Pawed him in the head. Them boys. Follow me. Don't you leave here tomorrow and go, I just quit listening because all he was doing is telling the story. There wasn't another Bible. Hang on. Them boys was bound and determined. Bound and determined to put a saddle on something that was never intended to be saddled. Hang on. Let's read the scripture. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And take my, listen to me, and take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Move with me to 1 Peter 5, 7. We're going to begin in verse 6 because it's too good. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Verse 7. Some of y'all need to catch verse 7. Get a hold of this. Cast all. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. You ever known somebody that it seems like they are absolutely are always in a bind? Raise your hand if you know somebody that's like that. Something's always in a bind. You ever know somebody like that? Now listen to me. Them little boys that was over there, they were hands. There's no doubt about it. They were punchy. They were tough. They were way tougher than me. They could probably ride anything better than me. But I promise you, sometimes being tough don't make you intelligent. Are you catching my drift? They were trying to put a saddle on something that never was intended to have that on it. And many of us in this place tonight, we can't figure out why we keep getting pawed in the head and why we keep getting mauled and why we keep getting kicked because we're just serving Jesus and we're trying to do the right thing. I mean, after all, this is a specialty horse sale. And if I can saddle this zebra, he's going to bring a thousand more dollars. And I'm trying in my life to make this relationship work because I've always just wanted somebody just like him or just like her. And God is crying out to you. That is not your pony to saddle. And that's why you keep getting mauled. 
come to me. All you who are weary. Take my yoke upon you. Did you hear what he's saying? He's saying, why don't you quit saddling those things that you want to saddle? I have no doubt in my mind, Miss Glenda, that them boys, I probably, they wanted to saddle that zebra worse than any human. I, I don't understand it. I'd have just let him in. He was halter broke. They had him halter broke. I watched him with their clothes torn and their hats torn and blood going everywhere. I watched them lead him into the cell ring, but he didn't go with no saddle. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you is that there's some things that just because God brought them into your life and their halter broke, they ain't intended for you to be right. There's some things in your life that God is going, listen to me, quit killing yourself by allowing your pride to get you destroyed. Why don't you humble yourself? Why don't you cast all your anxiety on me? Why don't you take my yoke on you? Why don't you just let me handle the saddling? And why don't you just handle the following me and watch what happens? Why don't you handle casting all your cares upon me and watch what happens? Or you can spend your whole life complaining about how life has been rough to you. Well, I promise you, if you're in this place today and you're battling a drug addiction, son, you got to quit saddling that drug. Are you okay? You'll never complain it away. I want to tell you specifically, as I was headed in, the Lord spoke to me about someone that would be here tonight. I have no idea who you are. I don't know if you're male or you're female. You are dating. And you just can't figure out why things aren't working out. You want it to work more than anything in your whole wide world but you're trying to saddle something that God never intended for your life and God's telling you tonight, you've got to let that go or it's fixing to bring death into your family for a lot of generations yet to come. See, there's certain things like unforgiveness. Skeeter, try saddling unforgiveness. I wanted to. Didn't you? You ever been to that place where you saw unforgiveness and you were justified to not forgive because they wronged you and you were bound and determined to ride that zebra of unforgiveness for a long time and you just couldn't figure out why in the world everything in your life kept falling apart and God said because I never asked you to throw that wood on that stick get it off son because that's going to take you to death or maybe you're in this place and someone hurt you and you've forgiven them but all you've ever done is ridden your zebra called a victim mentality and all you've ever known is to live in what happened to you and God said how long are you going to take that yoke on yourself instead of letting me have it and then taking my yoke on because when God sees you God don't see you as a victim God sees you as more than a conqueror but you're going to have to begin to walk that way and strip the wood off that thing that you've been putting it on I used to have this blue roan horse. 
He was Azure Tay bred, cutting horse reject, could run a hole in the wind. He was a bad bonehead horse. It was back when I had hair and muscle. It was back when I was young. I used to rope all the time. And this sucker was bad to the bone. But you know what? If you threw your saddle on him and went like this, and then you put a leg up in and sat down on his back, you know what he was going to do? He was going to buck you off, and he was going to mean it, and he was going to like everything about it. And he would tell you, I'm going to buck you off. You know how many times I saddled that horse and just got up on him without lunging him? Zero, because I'm intelligent. You say, well, okay, well, that's real good. I'm so glad you gave me a horse analogy, and I'm so glad that you lunged this horse around. Then would you please explain to me why you continue to put your saddle on something that has told you repeatedly, not just with words, but with actions, that it's going to buck you off and bring harm to you, but you still continuously, day after day, just walk up and you're bound and determined that you're going to move hell and high water, but you're going to do that. Folks, we have got to get to the place where we let our pride go and we submit to Him and let God be God and then let those zebras go that we were never intended to saddle. Amen or oh my. Bow your head and close your eyes if you would. Nathaniel, will you come? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Just for a minute. As Nathaniel plays, I'm going to read this scripture to you one more time because I want you to hear it. Come to me. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I want you to notice this. As Nathaniel's playing, I want you to hear that verse. Look, there's, there's several types of people that are being described there. Nowhere in here does it say, come to me all you who are weary and burdened because of things out of your control. Sometimes, listen to me, there are things in your life that you can be weary and burdened about that are out of your control. We've got enough of those. Why would we want to saddle things to burden ourselves anymore? He said, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will. I will give you rest. You see, this world will send you people that are like that boy's two friends. And, and once you got pawed and once your clothes are torn and once you're laying on the ground bleeding, they're going to run back over and they're going to go, don't you let him do that to you? And Jesus is going to walk over to you and go, I ask you not to do that. I don't need you to prove that you're a man. I don't need you to prove that you're a woman because I've already seen you and I've already known that you are my son and you are my daughter. Quit trying to prove how tough you are by handling this on your own. Son, let it go. Daughter, let it go. Don't take another step. It's killing you. wonder what would happen tonight if we just came to Him. We weren't trying to impress. 
and we weren't trying to prove anything. We just decided we was fixing to unconditionally surrender. Woo! Unconditionally surrender. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Some of you came tonight in the world that you live in. Some of you, it's of your own accord. If you want to be real honest, we could look you in the eye and you could look me in the eye and you could say, I have no one else to blame. I'm where I'm at because of choices that I've made. It does not matter how you got there. I promise you that piece of scripture is for everyone. Whether you got there of your own accord or if you got there by somebody else's accord, the choice is still yours to come to Him. 